Um, cool. Well, dude, I, I really want to talk about, you know, with you is building, building, you know, family culture and some, from a, somebody who's really dedicated their life to, um, being the dad's edge, I guess, you, I guess you will. Um, but real quick, you know, first of all, Larry is an amazing human being. Um, if you're not subscribed, if you're, if you're a father and you're not subscribed to the dad's edge podcast, there's the plug and we'll probably talk a little bit more about that, but I really, really like, I cannot tell you this guy is doing enough, you know, uh, good work in the, in the world. And, uh, interesting. I came on your podcast and we were rapping and I think we talked for like over an hour. And then right at the end, we start talking about the Squire program and we were both going there like what, like the next week that, or something oh like God. that. That's right, man. That's in that crazy. We didn't even know. We just we happened, didn't. Yeah. We just happened to show up and, and, uh, or we, we found out on the podcast, but then, you know, a week later we were together in January, um, for, for the, uh, I think it was the one I took my nephew to and, uh, it was an amazing experience, wasn't it? It, it, it was like no other, um, you know, that was a year and a half ago, like you're saying. And then, you know, um, yeah, we still refer back to that Yeah, for life lessons. I actually had to refer back to it this morning. I took, uh, I had a, a bit of a tough love, you know, come to Jesus conversation with my two older boys on a few topics and yeah. the squire came up and I, I love referring back to that. And it's, it's interesting too, because when I, when I, when I refer back to the squire and pull in those life lessons, I immediately see Ethan, my oldest, who you met just completely engage in the conversation yeah. or I'll, I think it's so important too. And I'll just, I'll just say this quickly because I know yeah. we, not, we want to get onto other things, but I think it's so important that not only fathers, right. Are, are a guide and a leader uh, for, for, and let's just talk about sons right now. Daughters, of course, sure too, but yeah, but sons, I think it's really important to that, that dads have a good tribe to surround not only themselves with, but their sons. So like, for instance, depending on the topic, mm -hmm. right. I'll pull out some of the coaches from that experience. So like if my, if I know it's something is not landing necessarily with my son, like maybe it's sort of landing halfway and I'll do this. I'll be like, what would coach Steve say to you right now? Yeah. And immediately, like, like he's like, uh, he, he would tell me zero excuses. I'm like, so what do you think? And he's yeah. like, all right. Yeah. Zero excuses. So yeah, it's cool, man. Yeah. It's, it is, a, it's, it is powerful because again, you know, you are who you surround yourself with. Right. So if you're, if you're, you know, on the weekend sitting around a bunch of fat guys drinking Bud Light, you know, specifically Bud Light, that's going to be a problem, right? But if you surround yourself, guys, like each other, you know, Ray, Steve, you know, your different coaches or my different coaches, it changes that dynamic and it changes the conversation. It changes what's allowed and what's acceptable. And, uh, and it affects, it affects down to your kids. So just drive it, getting into this real, real quick. Um, you know, we really want to talk about leadership, family, family culture, and then growth with you specifically, because I feel like you've just, that's, you just went all in on that. So like being a dad, oh, that's yeah. been your, your thing. So can you quickly tell us like, how did, how did the dad edge come about? Like, where were you at in life? And then where you like, you quit your, your day job and you just went all in on, you know, leading men and, and leading men in the household. Yeah, you know, so, I mean, Dad Edge really started with probably my childhood, to be honest. Um, I'll, I'll just give you a 30,000-foot view. Yeah, I grew up with a variety of father figures that were very toxic. My mom was married three times, dated several men between each marriage, and it was a revolving door of the same guy, mm -hmm. just different name, different face, heavy drinker, partier, uh, abuser, like just your typical like nightmare, right? Um she was married to my biological father for, I think, four years. They got divorced when I was nine months old. He was gone. I ran into him when I was 12 mm -hmm. by accident, which is kind of crazy. I'll, I'll give more detail, but I don't think that's a topic for this interview. But we had this, like, six-month relationship. It just kind of happened sort of quickly. He was remarried at the time, two-year-old son, another one on the way. We hung out for about six months. After about six months, we had a conversation. He was like, hey, 
like I kind of like, I just can't do this right now. It's too very complicated for him. So gone again, um, ran into him as a total fluke when I was 30 in a Starbucks, 18 years later, he was coming in to get his morning coffee. I was there for a meeting and 17 years later, here we are. Me and he, he and I have a relationship. He's still married to the same woman. I have two younger half brothers. We have a decent relationship, but I'll tell you that experience growing up with all these crazy father figures, that experience with my own father, I was like, okay, I'm going to be a good father. Like I'm, I'm highly motivated to do that. But what I can tell you, and you, you, you know about this as well, just because you're highly motivated to do it, that doesn't mean you're equipped to do it. Right. Right. So I, I was falling on my face quite a bit. I wasn't abusing my kids. I wasn't getting drunk and throwing beer bottles at them or anything like that, but I really wasn't engaged as I am now. I was going right? to say you and weren't, you weren't showing, you weren't showing up. No, it yeah. was like doing it from like out here. And yeah. the funny thing is, is, um, my 15 year old, when he was four, dad edge got started with a really dark moment. I always told myself, I'm never going to hit my kids out of anger. Just not, I'm just not going to do that. I'm not here to argue whether spanking is good or bad. I just didn't want to do it. And I spanked him when he was four. He stepped out of line. I did it in a moment's reaction. I spanked him. And unfortunately, I hit him hard and he hit the ground. Mm-hmm. And that was the first and last time I put my hands on my kids like that. And when I went to pick him up, because I was like, oh, my God, like, what, what did I just do? Yeah. And he looked at me like he was terrified of me. And that... I was so impacted by that moment that I was like, man, that's it. This is it. Like I'm, I'm, I'm going to learn this and I'm going to do it. Well, I'm sick and tired of being frustrated without a map and without knowing what to do. So I start to learn. And to be honest, that was, you know, 11 years ago, the learning hasn't stopped. And that's what we continue to do within that edge is it's a learning platform of this stuff. Isn't it amazing that it doesn't, there's, there's no peak to it. There's no, there's mm-hmm. no point of arrival when it comes to education and personal growth and becoming a better father, becoming a better leader. It's just, it just goes on forever. It's not something you really, I mean, you get really good at it, but it's not something you ever really master. And that's uh, correct. It's a beautiful thing because you have to open up your mind to the possibility that, Oh, I'm going to learn this. I'm going to be a student forever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, exactly. So uh, what are your thoughts on the importance of leadership in the family and, and what does that role look like to you now versus, you know, when your son was four? So I'll, I'll quote one of our, one of our good friends, Bedros Kulian, you know, yeah. and, and he came on the podcast and he said a quote that I had heard it before, but it was something when, when, when Bedros said it, it really hit me in the heart and I I've been doing it ever since, you know, I, I've always kind of done it, but like it really started becoming my compass. And that is the best lessons are caught, not taught. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm very, so I I think when we're talking leadership, right? Yeah. uh, It's, it's one thing to say, Hey, you need to operate in this fashion, right? Or you need to do this, this way. But if my kids don't see the audio matching the video with, if, unless I'm doing it, well, then it's, well, they're, they're, they're not learning anything. And I have zero credibility as their leader. So I always look at like, Hey, if I need to go have a heart to heart with my boys, like I actually had to do that this morning. Um, am I operating? Are they seeing me operate within that integrity as well? Yeah. And if the answer is no, then when I go to talk to them, I have to own that. I have to be very aware of that, you know, and I'll communicate that to them. But I think that's one of the biggest missing links is that, you know, men don't know what they don't know. And this is not to down men, right? Because I, th- I think if you actually peel back the onion layers with with men, just, just the average guy in general, the average father, the average husband, you really ask like, hey, do you want to be an effective leader in your house? Do you want to have this extraordinary marriage? Do you want to, to be the go-to guy as a father? They're like, yes. Like with everything in me, I do. And the gap really is, and I'll use you, Nick, as an example with with the the training that you've been to, been through, right? Like the elite level that you've gotten to in, in the military, just because, you know, you might, before all that training and before that high rank that you've achieved, you're probably like, yes, I really want to do this. I really want to do this. But the gap might've been like, for me to get there, I have to go through all this training to get there, right? right? To learn these things, to learn how to operate these ways. And I think that's one of the 
that is the missing link for men is that like, okay, I, I want to be this, but where do I go to learn this? Right. And I think that's one of the biggest missing pieces. And then, so once you're on that, so, so what, what I'm hearing is, is really more about, it's a less about showing and more about doing less about verbally teaching and leading by example. So it's yeah, hard to leading, leading by example. So like to, yeah. to like, you know, talking about your kids and your, your son is a beast and um, like you've gotten in really phenomenal shape, phenomenal shape. And how old are you? You're a couple years older than me or I'm 47, 47. <laughs> Like, you know what I'm yeah. saying? So I'm looking at you, you're 47 years old. There's no fucking excuses for any of these other guys. You know what I mean? If you're yelling at your kid to go, you know, play better at a soccer team, a soccer match, right? Or on the wrestling match or whatever they're into, right? And you're the guy that's overweight and you can't even do it. Like, is he really going to listen to you? Are you really, are you really leading? You know, are you waking yeah. up and doing the, doing the work early? You know, you that's my thing. So when I, when I hear that, it's just, it just rings setting the example and we're going to get into um you know i want to talk about like spouses beyond on board in the future but i was just doing so i just did a video i just laid out on our on the agogi i laid out talking about 12 characteristics of um effective leaders in the home like if you're going to be a leader you need to have these these and, and they were, the point of it was was here's 12 characteristics and i want you to go do a mirror check and then rate yourself. Go look in the mirror and say, where do you live up to these characteristics? So from everything that you do, what are some of the key characteristics that make you an effective leader in the home or key qualities that make you an effective leader in the home? So the, I, think, um, I think the ones that make you a key leader in the home are, number one, you have to lead yourself right? You have to be, you have to show that you're disciplined, right? Um, I'll give you an example. Uh, right now, and, and I don't know if this is going to be indefinite or not, but um, I am leading 20 other men through a 365-day alcohol-free challenge. Amazing. Right? And actually, awesome. I'm doing... I'm doing four, I'm doing 433 because I'm just going to finish out the year. So we were doing October 25th to October 25th. Reason we did that is because that's when our data summit is our live live event. And this last year, I stood on stage. I'm like, "Hey guys, I'm doing a year. Who wants to join me?" Had 21 guys step up. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and do 433 because that's how many days are left in 2023. So I'm just gonna finish out the year. I'm like, if I'm gonna go to October 25th, I might as well go to the end of the year. But here here's the interesting thing. My two oldest boys, because I have four boys, I have 17, 15, nine, and seven. My two oldest boys over the past year, like suddenly we went from, I would say like little league problems, you know, with, with their circle of friends or circle of people that they, mm -hmm. you know, like to big boy problems. Yeah. Like kids getting, getting high in the high school bathrooms, kids drinking alcohol in the stalls of high school where they yeah. go to, um, you know, they're, they're now when they all get together, you know, it's not uncommon that vapes are happening. Weed is happening. There's alcohol at parties. And suddenly we've gone to big boy problems. Well, my two oldest boys, you know, and knock on wood, um, they don't, they, they have zero interest in drinking. They have zero interest in vaping and doing drugs. Like my 15 year old will tell me, he's like, I ain't doing that stuff. Like, how am I going to perform on the football field? Or how am I going to perform in the gym? If I got that stuff in me, I ain't doing that. And he will literally like if his friend he had the he had this I think he lost a friendship over this one. That's he and had that's one okay. Of his friends, and that's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. He had one of his buddies outside be like, Hey man, like you want to hit on this? He's like, Yeah, I do. And he grabbed the vape and he freaking chucked it in the woods. And the guy was like, What are you doing? He was like, well, What are you doing? Right. Now here's what I'll tell you. I can't sit there and tell my kids, like, hey, you shouldn't drink is I'm throwing back a beer, mm -hmm. right? You shouldn't be drinking at parties, man. You know what I'm saying? Like as I'm drinking a beer. Yeah. Or you shouldn't be vaping as they see me vape. Yeah. You shouldn't do weed. Weed where I live now is legal. Yeah. You know, if they see me doing that. So like, I, I think that that's really important. So I think, again, leading by example and, and the, the tenants, 
the, the things that you hold your kids accountable for mm. are the things that you need to be doing. Right. So, um, I'll, I'll share another example with you as well. Um, one of, one of the things that we live by is you keep your word, mm-hmm. like you, you keep your word, right. And you, you, you do what you say you're going to do. I had to take my two oldest boys out to breakfast this morning because they're in their last month of school right now. And one of them has some missing assignments and I had to basically give him some tough love. I was like, and, and this is, this is what blows my mind, Nick, his teacher in this, and it's in his algebra class was like, it's okay, man, just, just turn him in before the exam next week. And I'm like, and I told my son, I was like, your, your teacher might tell you that, but that doesn't fly in our house. Your assignments are tied to your word. Yeah. So like, for instance, my, my son wants to own a business. He wants to own a gym when he's older. I was like, if you promise your members that you're going to have a new squat rack for them on Monday and they come in Monday, be like, Hey man, where's the squat rack at? And like, Oh yeah, I, just, I haven't really gotten around to ordering it yet. I'm, I'll do it next week when I have time. They're going to look at you and be like, you said it was going to be here. Yeah. And I told them, I was like, these assignments are like that, man. Like the world doesn't work like that. Oh, just turn it in next week. Oh, you didn't pay your mortgage. Just turn it in next week. Oh, you didn't pay the IRS your taxes. Oh, just turn it in next week. We'll be fine. Like there are deadlines for a reason. And, and, and your con- assignments, and consequences in life, there's consequences. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and consequences. So I told them, I was like, you might not get punished at school, but you'll be punished at home. I don't care what your teacher says. Cause the rest of the world doesn't work like that. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's another example. So, you know, lead by example, also keeping your word is another big one. And I'm, I'm happy to give you one more that we, we, yeah. we work with as well. Okay. So another one is, um, commitment and that it's a little bit different than, than holding your word. Right. So like, for instance, um, if my kids commit to something, let's just say, um, the football season, right. Or whatever track or whatever, um, wrestling, you know, we went through my, my kid, my, my 15 year old, again, I'll use him as an, as an example. He went out for the wrestling team this year after football and he was kind of on the fence about it. And he was like, I think I'm going to do, I'm going to do it because I think it'll get me, it'll make me more agile for football. Mm. Well, the kid had challenge. He got challenge after challenge, after challenge, after challenge during wrestling season. He, got sick and then he was out for a week and then he got, he injured his, he, he, uh, injured one of his ribs. He was out for another week. Then he got impetigo. Then he got ringworm. Then all these things. And he was losing some matches and I, and I could tell it was getting to him and I could tell like there was a part of him that wanted to quit, but we have just beat this no quit attitude into them ever since they were little. And we're like, if you don't want to, so the, the message has always been this finish what you start, no matter what. finish what you start no matter what. So if you're not liking how the season's playing out or this, that, or the other, you still have to finish it. Like there's no like, Hey, I'm waving the white flag. I know it's the middle of wrestling season. It's really, really hard. So I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm out. Yeah. It's like, no, like if you don't want to wrestle, don't do it next year, but you finish the season. And the cool thing is, is that, you know, my 15 year old in particular, he had all these challenges and he was very quiet, very stoic, but we knew he was frustrated but he did, he finished. And there was a part of us where we were like, he, we, we know he's tempted to quit, but he didn't. So like committing to whatever it is, finish what you start. Do you feel like, uh, in your house, you know, with the things with the boys with not drinking and not wanting to vape and him throwing the vape or them not quitting. Do you think these are all things from you, these conversations or these themes that you discuss kind of regularly in the house that it kind of implants, are they just stellar performers or is it is it because of this repetition of conversation that happens in the home uh that's that's a great question um i i think it's you know i i will never say hey they they don't drink because of us like all the great things we've done because of us i I think these these boys are i I think they lead from a good heart like a good compass morally right already so it's they're they're pretty simple to work with i don't know if i i don't know what i don't know so i don't know if that's you know, we started with that kind of stuff early or like, you know, we were always pretty good also about like pointing out the consequences of, of things like that. You know, yeah. like, um, you know, if you, if you see like somebody out socially 
And like, so for instance, this one, this one actually really blows my mind. I don't know what it is, but people are now smoking weed before they go work out. Like they smoke weed in the parking lot of the gym. Like I can't even imagine that, but (laughs) but like we'll walk, you know what I mean? So we'll walk past like a car, right? And there's two teenagers in it or there's, or take a guy like in his twenties or thirties. Yeah. The car is like beat down, you know, beat to hell. There's crap piled in the backseat. The guy looks like he hasn't showered in like, and, and I'm I'm also kind of like, wow, this guy's actually in the gym, but he looks like a, like he's homeless. Right. Yeah. And so I'll put that kind of stuff out. I'm like, Hey man, like <laughs> that, that dude smoking weed before he comes in the gym. I was like, what'd you, what'd you notice? It's like, man, he looks disheveled. Like he looks yeah. like his car is just a wreck. Like I was like, does he look like, I mean, I know this is like you're judging a book by its cover, but it's also a good conversation piece. I'm like, you think that guy like pays his bills on time? Do you think his kids like trust him if he's got kids, like stuff like that? Like, can you just imagine for a moment that's your life? Like, yeah. What do you think of that? And then it yeah. opens up for a beautiful conversation. Like, yeah, I don't want to, no, I don't want any part of that. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's easy to, f- to fall into that kind of thought process and, you know, take the easy road, right? Just relax. Do the, cause no one's like in this society, like, like, What's the, what, what is the consequence? What is the consequence from the, from a face value? No, I, I can have a shitty car. I can have my backseat covered and stuff. It's mine. I can smoke weed. No one's going to yeah. get, you're, you're illegal. No one's going to get in trouble. But then what's your quality of life? Right. You got it. You got a binged up car. You're probably broke, you know, and, and like, you know what they say, how you do, how you do, you know, how you do one thing is how you do anything. Right. Good all. Right. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, so how have you balanced this is, I hate the word balance cause I don't think a balance exists, but, um, but I'm purposely using balance work and family life. Like how do you do what you do? How do you serve the people you serve? Cause I think so many people, especially when they get on the, you know what, like, like you said, like, I'm going to, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to grow. I'm going to be a good dad or I'm going to build a business, right? I'm going to, I broke away from my corporate job. I'm going to do it for us. I'm going to do it for me. I'm going to do it for my family. It's very easy to fall into the trap of like, I'm just, I'm in the bunker working all the time, answering everything all the time. And then I lose sight of what's most important. The thing that actually my whole reasons why I'm, I'm becoming better. So where are the struggles there and how, how have you, um, balanced between the two, between, you know, your kids, your wife, your family unit and uh and providing value to the world and the things that you do and work that's such a good question um so i think a a lot of it comes to self-awareness of where do we get validation as a man you know and so like for instance the the workplace right it's easy for a guy to get validation there that's part of the reason why guys will really lean into the the validation work because that's where we get the you know, the, the, the feedback of like, if you're doing a good job or not, are you over, over delivering or under delivering? Right. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's very easy to measure when it comes to relationships, like your marriage, it's, it's more subjective. It's like, not exactly. It's not like I get an annual review with my wife and, (laughs) um, or or like she, maybe we should each other. Maybe we should start that. You sit down and your wife gives you a counseling. How are you performing as a husband and a father? Yeah. (laughs) That'd be brutal, man. (laughs) That would be brutal. You know, it's like, so yes, uh, you met expectations here, but not so much here. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But what I, hopefully I was not in the bedroom. Right. But I will tell you this. um, So doing the work that I have done with with men since 2016, so the past seven years, we've had over 3,000 men, you know, over the past seven years. And there's probably more that have come through our program. Uh, But I, I, one of the exercises that we put men through is they, they write their eulogy oh, yeah. and it's fascinating, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, and, and what else, what I'll tell you out of the, I, I've heard easily over 1000 of them at this point and not in one eulogy have I ever heard. I'm so glad I spent so much time in the office and right. I made all this money, like right. literally. And, but yet that's, you know, so it's, it's funny to, to, to really step back and zoom out from eulogies because 95%, you know, of our, and I'm making that statistic up. I have no idea. Just, yeah. just call it like the majority of our daily activity 
really doesn't have a whole lot to do with what we value at the end of our life. Right. So, you know, I, I keep that in front of mind. So like, how do, how do I do it? Um, I, I, I'm one of those people that when it comes to my boundaries, I'm, I'm pretty darn disciplined. So like, for instance, um, I know like, so for instance, from 9am central to 10am central, my attention is a thousand percent with you, right? I don't have things going on in the background. I'm not checking social media. It is right here in the now. Right. And I think in this day and age, it's easy for us to get, you know, the shiny thing or our phones or this or that, like everything is immediate gratification, but you've got to be dialed into the moment. When my kids, my kids are at home, we've got this, uh, product that we partnered with, uh, called aro which is aro it's it's basically a box a container and you put your phones in it and what it, and it's got an app and it measures your time away from your device like not just like people are like oh yeah i'll put my phone down well this actually it's out of sight out of mind and there's an app actually measuring the amount of time you do not have this device on you it's really fascinating even if your phone is in your pocket and you feel a buzz it's going to take your attention away yeah, from yeah. whatever it is that's in yeah. front Cause you're like, Oh, who's that? What is that? So I'll, I use that quite a bit because it's, it's a discipline. So, you know, and I use my calendar, another one, another big one. So like, for instance, like tonight, I actually put in my calendar that I'm going to be fishing with my nine and seven year old in my calendar. Mm-hmm. So like I, I heard a quote a long time ago, show me your calendar and I'll tell you what's important to you. Yeah. So, um, I think it's really, really important to be in the present moment when you can. And a lot of people, what they'll, what they'll say, they'll say this all the time. I want more time. We're not going to make more time because right. we all have the same 24 hours in a day. It's how do you create the intentional time with the time that you have, right? Because just because you have more of it, that doesn't mean it's going to be better. So how can you be diligent about being 100% there intentional and present when the time is there right yeah. versus like I me mean, and you see it all the time like i'll actually when i take my two younger boys my seven and nine year old to soccer practice i'll leave my phone in the car because i don't want them looking up being like hey i saw you on your phone and to be honest like my i i do that discipline because my nine-year-old like three or four weeks ago called me out he's like i looked up at you a couple of times you're on your phone And I'm like, damn, I was like, I, that's not the impression I want to leave. Right. So I told, and I even said out loud the last time we went to soccer, last few times with soccer practice, I was like, see this phone? It's in the glove box. I'm, I'm a hundred percent going to be watching you. Yeah. And I look around at all the other parents and all of them, like all of them are on their devices, not even watching their kids. And I see kids looking up at their parents and like almost like just so eager to be like hey did you did you see what i just did and they're just like in it and it's like it's kind of like seeing the matrix in a way it's like if you completely detach from that device and you're disciplined with it it's amazing it's amazing what you pick up right so um the biggest one that i see there is boundaries and routine like you yeah. have to you have yeah, to build just, a routine but but your routine so that's what we do with with our coaching group is we really sit down and go okay what are your top four priorities in life now let me see your routine and i'm like well either you're one's a one you're lying about one you're lying about your priorities or you're lying about your routine which is it and the reality is they're not lying they're just not living congruently with what their priorities are right and right. so so what we do is and I imagine you and I follow a very similar pattern. Um, my routine dictates like they're in, they're congruent with each other. So everything that I need to do, right. I run off that calendar. Like you said, like right now we're in this podcast. I'm hundred percent in this podcast. As soon as this podcast is over, I go into the next thing and I'm hundred percent in there and then, you know, so on. But then when the time hits, it's like, Nope, now it's, you know, it says that we're going on a walk on the beach. We're going, you know what I mean? We're doing, we're going to the fish market. We're doing dinner. You know what I mean? Like everything is so, and, and that can be kind of robotic, but holy cow, everything in your day when you do it and you follow that kind of cyborg mentality, it's just so rewarding. Aaron, are you, and I'm like, yeah, you're going to be tired. Like 
you're going to be exhausted at the end of the day. It's because you showed up all day. From the time you woke up to the time you go to bed, you were showing up. And nothing that you did didn't have a return of investment. So that's the reason why I like I don't like the word balance because you're not balancing the two. Everything is your life. I feel like people get messed up to where they realize, oh, this is my work life and this is my personal life. Well, let me let me break your life down in decades and hours and see where you're actually spending what's your life and what's your work life. You're going to be real sad when you see the breakdown between you know, 20 years old to 50-something years old. You know what I mean? So I agree. It's all just one thing, man. It's all one thing. Yeah. You know, it's it's your life, and we get a blip of it, especially for us that have kids. I mean, I feel like it just goes so much faster. And if you're not if yeah. you're not prioritizing the things that are the most important to you and setting those boundaries, then you're really going to be live. And I think this is where the issues come into play, right? Because now you know depression and exhaustion and checking out and all these vices that you know because you're not living concurrently. You know, the drinking happens, the drugs happen, the pornography happens, all the, the negatives, the pullaways, because you're looking for something to fill this, you know, lack. If that makes sense. Makes total sense. I, the, the, more, the, the more I think you are not living in congruence with your core values, your moral compass, the things that you, des- that you truly, truly want, the more you're going to, to numb and try to comfort and soothe and be more distracted. And you mentioned yeah. in there, you know, like devices and porn and all this other stuff. And and the thing is, is that the shame cycle that goes with that is the thing that actually brings us back to those things that soothe us. Like, so if right. you take porn, for instance, right. And I, you know, the, these are conversations I'm having with my teenagers because of course, like right. all their buddies are into it. I'm, I'm, I'm sure they're, you know, tempted by it or maybe even looking at it themselves. But here's what I tell them. I'm like, you know, be very cautious about this because it's a trap. It mm-hmm. Here's what's happening. You look at it and then it's, it's great in the moment. And then you feel guilt and shame. And now it's because of the guilt and shame that you feel that you want to soothe that guilt and that shame, those, those feelings that don't feel good with something that feels good. So you're just going to keep doing, and then you're like, well, I'll just go back to the, to that. Right. And then it happens again. And then it's, it's literally, it's like, you're looking at it and because of the shame, you, you look at it again. Sorry, that's my massive dog. Um, and you keep doing it. It's kind of like the person who binge drinks, you know, at night and it's like, and then they wake up the next morning and they're like, oh, well, you know, I feel like crap, you know, you know, we'll take the edge off the hangover is, is got to bite the dog. Right. And, and take another drink. And then suddenly they're drinking throughout the entire day. Right. And then they're like, okay, you know, tonight's going to be the end. And then they wake up the next day and like, I feel like crap. I'll just do it again. So it becomes like this cycle. You got to be willing to break that cycle. But the, the beauty thing is, is when, when you, when you do break that cycle and you put a different routine into place, you get a different feedback loop. Now you're creating a positive feedback loop to where you're like, oh, I need to do that more. I need to do more of that. And, and that's, it's a hard thing to break, but nonetheless, so, all right, pivoting into like your your family and and building a the concept like what is your concept of family culture? How do you build a family? How how have you built a culture within your family? So, um, a culture within our family. So, I, I think it's really important that um, you have alignment with number one with your wife, right? On what? what so, like my wife and I we truly view ourselves and i think probably you and allison are the same way uh, we view ourselves as the foundation of this house yeah i put i actually put a um i put a video on social media that got a little little bit of color to it right a lot, a lot some some people are like yes and then some people are like this is ridiculous and this <laughs> those is are what usually, I said. those I said are usually it. the best ones <laughs> right but i said you know if you are married with kids you're married first and a parent second. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying like, <laughs> and this is where I love the keyboard warriors. Yeah, of course. And I had one dude be like, "So you're telling me that if 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 your wife and kids were in a burning building, you let your kids burn alive?" Oh my go god! Come I'm on, like, yeah, dude. dude that, that's exactly what I'm saying, man. Come on. <laughs> and it's just funny, like how people take that to an extreme. What I'm saying is, is that, you know. The, the kids are like a fraction of a fraction of a fraction underneath our relationship. They're extremely important, 
right? They're a huge priority. But, but I will say this, I will not put your mom on the back burner for the sake of I'm a dad now, or I'm a parent. So my kids come first and my wife is just going to have to take whatever's left over. Yeah. I don't buy into that at all. So our culture is like, so like Jessica and I, one of the things that we got aligned with quite a few years ago was number one, what are our individual core values? Yeah, everybody operates within five to seven core values, right? right? And the way it usually shows up is, I don't know what it is about this situation or whatever it is, just doesn't feel right to me. Or this right. feels really right, one of the right. two. So we went through that. I, I identified mine, she identified hers. And then we came together and we're like, hey, what are your five to seven? And then we came together and we're like, oh my gosh, like, look at this. And then we mesh them to mesh the two of them together. So like, for instance, um, the culture of our family is one of the thing is we value deep human connection mm -hmm. within our family and we will do whatever it takes to have deep human connection. So like, for instance, one of you talk about routine, right? Um, I, I take my kids to school every day. You know, we talk about their day, we pray, you know, we, we do things like this that bring us together. We eat dinner, even though it sounds almost impossible. Sometimes I'm like, I can't believe we pull this off every single week. We eat dinner together as a family, despite four kids and activities, high school, you know, elementary school, soccer and baseball and all this other stuff. We will eat dinner together, come hell or high water almost every single night as a family. That's a lot. And of, we talk that's a lot of effort. It's a ton of effort, but, yeah. and here's, here's a, here's a culture. Here's a, here's a culture shift, right? Every single Sunday you talk about routine. My wife and I look at our calendar Monday through Saturday. What do we have on the docket? Who's doing what, you know, who's the one making dinner? Who's the one toting the kids to hear this or that? Who's the one, you know, who's responsible for cleaning up? The kids are involved in this and the whole nine yards, right? I mean, like, Hey, this is your role on Tuesday and Thursday. Here's my role. Here's your mom's role. Here's the littles role, everybody's got their, their role. Right. And we worked, we're team even on our text messages as, as, cause we have a family text message, not my little guys, but my, my big guys, our, our text message thread is called team Hagner. The culture is, is we are a team and we do life together. Now granted we're their parents and all that stuff, but you know, family dinners, deep conversation. Hey, let's check in on everybody's day. You know, what were the good, what were the wins? What are the things that freaking sucked, man? What'd you yeah. fail at today? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Things like that. Um, the, another, another culture, uh, I would say characteristic of our family is, um, and this is, we say it all the time, experiences and, and memories and adventure over stuff, mm -hmm. experiences, adventure and memories over stuff. So in other words, we make decisions as a family, we run it through the filter of like, is this going to bring us together? is this alignment with our deep human connection? Like if we have a decision to make between like, Hey, let's go like, so for instance, this, this year, um, you know, do we, my, my wife and I, we've been married 20 years. We decided to do something big and, uh, we decided to go to Hawaii and we're bringing all four boys. Like, yeah. And we did, we had to make some financial decisions around that. We're like, yeah. okay, you know, do we, do we do this? Do we do that? Do we, this, do we, you know, do we buy a car that we maybe need? No. The answer to that is no, this is a big year and this is important. So it's experiences, adventure and memories over stuff. So yeah. that decision became very clear of what we were going to do. Those are, th th that's a few examples of how we operate and the filters that we run decisions through and how we come together. Excellent. Um, what are the, so now, once you do that, once you do the hard things, you, you know, I'm imagining, you know, you sit down, you're saying with me, we sit down at the dinner table. There's no devices there. It's, it's deep human connection time, right? There's no distractions. I mean, you're using the, you're using the box, which I want to know more about. That's yeah, interesting. Using the box. Using the, they go in the damn box. Everything. <laughs> it's like, it's like sitting down, you know, dinner with the mafia, like every, all the phones stay out, out of the dinner, out of the, uh, dinner, dinner room. Um, nobody listened to our conversation in here. And I like that too, because we do the same thing. We talk about highs and lows. What was your highs? What, what, what was your lows? What was your highs for the day? Um, what are the benefits that you've seen when you've really, when you really, really create that and then you stick to it? 
what if what's the what's the second and third order effects of having that family culture and having those ethics and core values? So I think for the kids, um, like so, for instance, um, I, you know, I I have friends of mine who have kids my age, and I'm sorry, kids are our kids' ages, and you know, it's like the kids' friends, and I know the, some of their parents, and one one individual in particular is having a lot of problems with his son, who is one of my son's ages. Um, I won't mention who or what, but like yeah. or leave any breadcrumbs. But it, it, there's a lot of stuff going on, and my one son doesn't hang out with this kid anymore. But what I've noticed is, is if those, if those boundaries aren't tight and they aren't held like, oh, you know what? Like, like, so for instance, we've identified in our family, non-negotiables. This is not up for negotiation ever. Yeah. Like last night, I fit my, one of my boys had his phone at the dinner table and it was, it was hilarious, man. Like I didn't, I didn't even have to say a word. Everybody was like, yeah. All the five other people at the table, just, we hadn't even started eating yet. And we just, we just stood there or we just sat there and we looked at him. Yeah. While he was on, and he was just like, and we're like, he's like, I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry. And like, he went and put it away, but there's, there's no, there's no fluff in that. It's not like, oh, you know what? Tonight it's okay. Right. Tonight it's okay. No, no worries, man. Hey, yeah. we, you know, it's okay. No, it's not okay. Like this is something that we live by, right? So I think making sure that like when it comes to our core values, when it comes to our boundaries, when it comes to our routines, like we're not gonna we're 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 not gonna deviate from that. Mm-hmm. Like really not, ever. Because you're I not really comp- think you're not that, compromising. No, yeah. we're not. Because I really think that sends a message. It goes back to exactly what you said, Nick, is how you do one thing is how you do everything. Because I, I think that sends a message to the kids of like, well, if we compromise on this, we can probably compromise on other things right. that we don't normally compromise on, right? Right. And the answer to that is no, right? So how have you, especially because you have boys, you know, I I, I have this thing that, you know, you, the whole saying, like you can do things the hard way or the easy way. And I'm always, you know, yeah. with Yagogi and our family and, you know, my message, I'm always like, no, we're doing things the hard way. Like we do things the hard way. And so how have you, how have you instilled the challenges? And I know you and your, you and your, one of your sons did a bodybuilding competition, trained for it, which was just, just so rad to watch that, that whole journey. And you guys do that together. Um, the, the kid's just an absolute beast. Um, and so nonetheless, how have you instilled that it is good to do things that are uncomfortable, to do things that are hard, to do things that you might fail at? That's a, whew, that, that's a great question. So, um, number one, you've got to be willing to do it yourself. Mm-hmm. And I, you bring up the bodybuilding show, right? So my, my, it was actually a year ago this past weekend as you and I were recording that we did that show together. And my, my 15 year old who was 14 at the time actually came to me telling me that he wanted to do that. And, uh, so this was like new year's Eve of 2021. Yeah. And so, you know, our, our show was last year and he goes, Hey dad, um, here's what I want to do this year. I want to do a bodybuilding show and I want to do it with you. And I was like, uh, well, number one, they you, you can't do bodybuilding show at 14. They don't allow that. He's like, no, they do. I looked it up. Yeah. Yeah. He's do. like, there's actually, there's actually a show in 16 weeks and the, the, I can, there's an age there. There's actually a bracket for 13 to 18. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> He's like, no, I'm serious. He's like, uh, and I, I'd like to do it and I, I want to do it with you. And that made me really uncomfortable, Ooh. really uncomfortable. Cause I was like really 200 pounds, not in show shape whatsoever. Like, yeah. And I'm like, uh, and I'm sitting here, it was like New Year's Eve, I'm drinking, you know, eating chips. And I'm like, uh, that's 16 weeks away, Mason. I was like, I, I need like six months for that. <laughs> and I kind of laughed about it. And he's like, you know, and I can't remember what quote that he said, but he was, it was literally that. He was like, so you're telling me that you want to stay comfortable? Oof. And I was like, oh, right? Because <laughs> I tell him that kind of stuff all the time. I was like, do things that make you uncomfortable, like yeah. be comfortable being uncomfortable. And I was like, 
challenge accepted. Let's go. Right. And plus he also added in there too, which, how do you say no to this? He's like, yeah, we could do this. And we get to work out every day for 16 weeks. And I'm oh, like, yeah. are you kidding? Sign me up. Like, even yeah. if it was just for that. Yeah. And dude, I, I'll tell you, man, um, he and I got together and we went out to dinner to celebrate like just the journey of it. Right. Yeah. And we, we talked about like the, the high point moments and things like that. And I, I actually kind of like broke down a little bit in front of my son because he, I asked him, I was like, Hey, you know, what were the high point moments for you? And he's 14. And he was like, I won second place in both my categories. And I won, I won best poser of the whole show. And I'm like, yeah, you did. That was amazing. And he's like, what about for you? And I was like, for me, I was, and I did, I did fine at the show too. I got second in two of my categories and fourth in another. And which was, I was shocked. I didn't, I didn't to be honest. Like I cared, but I didn't, it was like, I was just, I wanted to do the show with them. Yeah. And I said, Mason, I go for me, the thing that was so freaking worth it, man, was just <laughs> the conversations we had in the gym, like yeah. the conversations between the sets, like the, you spotting me when I'm doing squats and bench and also me spotting you. And like, it created such a bond. Like we, we will remember this journey until the day we die. And I, I even told them, I was like, I would have never done it, never done it if you hadn't inspired and challenged me and reminded me to get uncomfortable yeah, and to do something that scared me. Yeah. And it reminded me of how important that is to do in life. And you taught, you reminded me of that. And I think it's really important that when your kids suddenly become the teacher in, in a life lesson, I think it's actually more powerful to double down and articulate how important and inspiring it is versus like, I'm the one who inspires you and I'm the one that teaches you. Yeah. When you can identify this is what you taught me, go and now go teach it to others. Yeah. Like that's very empowering for a young man. Absolutely. And I want to highlight something that you, that you just said there that your real win from that whole thing wasn't the, wasn't the, the culmination of the event. It was the journey itself. I think so many people are tied to the results of the journey. And if they, and then they tie their self-worth or how they feel about it or what, you know, their satisfaction from it. Like that's not even what it's about. It's the journey. It's not, you have to be in love and attached to the process. That's the, that's yeah. where all the fulfill. If you did everything right, you did everything you were supposed to do. You put all out there and the result, the results are the results. That's, that's not even what it's about. It's about the journey and what your experience along. That's the whole, that's the time. That's your life. The thing is just the thing. We can't be attached to the results. We have to be attached to the, to, to walk in the path. Um, so real quick. So he brought this to you. So talking about how did you instill these things? So obviously you did something prior to like, what the heck? How did you inspire a 14 year old to do hard things, to do challenges and to show walk into you while you're having a drink on New Year's Eve and be like, yeah, I'm going to rope my dad into this. <laughs> and then I'm going to call him out on it. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, so like one of, one of how we operate in the family ad adventure is is a big one yeah. journey is an is a big one. i mean i've i've climbed uh you know we, we've done some pretty cool things like we you know me and my four he was 11 at the time we did a 14er together you know that was a big nice. deal for him yeah. and we, you know, we hiked it was like a 12-hour thing and he loved it and but i i think here's where again best lessons are caught not taught so i years and years ago i i, I did used to compete and then I just, you know, 2011 was the last time I ever competed. And I was like, I ain't ever doing this crap again. Yeah. But I've never, I've never, I've never been away from fitness. Like I've yeah. always, I've never actually let myself completely go, but I've always been in the gym. And here's a, here's the other thing too, that I think is really important for just your audience to hear is that I think most parents, I think most men are, and moms, like they think that their fitness and their family have to be two separate worlds. And I, I think that's a huge, huge miss. So like, even when my two, my two old, older boys, my 17 and 15 year old, it was never uncommon for us to do. We used to, we used to say crush family workouts on the weekends. So on the weekends, Saturdays and Sundays, we've been in our garage mm -hmm. 
and the four of us would be training while one of them would be in like the bouncer seat. Right. right and we would be right. doing some kettlebell swings. We'd be doing like, like you're not going to have like a nine year old doing freaking power cleans or anything like uh, that. But like we'd get out there and we would make it fun. Fitness was part of how we operated. The kids always saw me doing fitness related stuff, which I think, you know, and now I see the two of them, the, my two older ones who are like, they're all about it. Like they, Nick, I never thought I'd say this. My wife and I were like laughing about it. And I told my one son who has missing assignments, I'm like, if you don't get your assignments in, you don't go to the gym for the rest of the week. Oof. And I'm, and he was like, dude, he was like, dude, that's so dumb, dad. <laughs> and I was like, call for what you want. I was like, but you got to get these assignments in. So, and I sat there and I looked at Jessica and I was like, I can't, can't believe I just said that. <laughs> like you can't go to the, but I think we really instilled with them at a young age that like fitness is fun. We can do it together as a family. And I think because of that, yeah, it's really given our boys a love for the for the gym. So like even like my little guys right now on Sundays, like they they're asking, when can we work out? And so like on Sundays, I'm like, yeah, let's do something fun. They'll ride up the workouts and it's like a fun little like 30 jumping jacks and 100 air squats and matter, 30 push-ups. Yeah. And like yeah. we just do it together and we're high-fiving each other. I think if you make it fun, make it connected, make it memorable. Like they find a love for it. And it, and it just, because you've started it young and you're consistent, it just becomes part of your, your culture, your core values. Like this is what we do as a, as a, as a family. And, 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 and not only that, yeah. but they know the re reasons why, and then they get that, they get that dopamine spikes, you know, so they're not having to get dopamine from the negative side. They're getting it from the positive side. And then they see the negative as a negative. So it's, it's, right. it's, it's important, but I think it all, like you said, it all goes back to setting the example and the intention. Uh, we were, uh, my the little guy, my third, my third kid, he was in the gym at a week old, a week old. We were back in the gym, like one yeah. week, you know, music's pumping. He's in a little thing and he, and we've just done that. So now he goes to like toddler jujitsu classes twice a week. Uh, he's got one today. Um, he's not even three and he's doing jujitsu stuff, you know, the bit, like the real, just, inf you know, rolling and mount and side control and things like that. They're just playing, they're just playing games. He goes, we go to the gym. It's, it's been so much of his life since the day he can like has a thought. He just has his little, you know, one pound dumbbells and he just implements whatever we do and we just create little yeah. things, but yeah. You know, now, now it's like, I'm like, what do you, Dimitri, what do you want for, for dinner? He's like protein. I'm like, good man. Good man. <laughs> and then we do this thing. We're like, okay, ab check. So he pulls up his little shirt and he's like, ab check, you know, looking in the mirror with dad, but it is, you've created this culture that that's just what they know. So if it, it and it's, it really is the opposite me message of what the opposition is trying to put into our kids and put into our families. You know, so it sounds, you know, from the, from an outsider, it might sound like super drastic, super crazy to do, to, to have that kind of culture early on, but it's like, where's the return of investment for what you're trying to tell kids versus what I'm trying to tell my own. Yeah. You know, you, you know, it's interesting if I, if I could just add to that. Yeah. Um, I think, I think a lot of people have the vision of fitness with family wrong and especially when the kids are little like my my two older boys like we go in and we you know we crush the workouts right yeah when they were little guys like dimitri or like when um when ethan and mason were like you know 10 and 8 and that kind of thing like a lot of people would be like all right we're doing push-ups until you puke right that's how you would that's what working out all about well of course the kid's gonna hate it right they're like right uh, right why why do i want to do this but the, the main thing that, that when, when the kids were little, right, our main goal was like, are we having fun? Mm -hmm. Like, are they laughing? Are they smiling? Are they sweating? Yeah, of course. Right. We want to push here. Are yeah. we pushing each other? Are we high five? Yeah. So like the foundation of us doing like stuff like this was connection, mm -hmm. was memories, was fun. Right. And then be, I think honestly, because of that, because if I would have had these boys, like, you know, you will do 50 push-ups or this, right? Then they're going to be like, this blows, right? Yeah. So I think when you create that culture of fun when they're little, they they do find a love for it. Like they see the good things that are a part of it versus like something. And now they're at the age now where they enjoy being tortured. 
right it turns into it turns into something else it does (laughs) right but um but i think it at an early age like if your foundation is connection you know as a family like when it comes to stuff like this high fives and team and morale you know that's where i think they find it kind of backs up to um uh wild at heart right like what are the words that you're saying like he i'll hold him up and he'll do like you know four pull-ups and i'm like you're a freaking beast man and he's like yeah. You know, so it's that verbal, yeah. <laughs> it's that verbal positive reinforcement that they get. They're like, I'm, you think I'm a beast dad? I'm like, yeah, I, I do. I think yeah. you're a wild. I think you're a wild man. You're amazing. You're an amazing yeah. human being. Confident self-esteem. You know what I mean? How, what's that kid going to be like? If I continue that for his, his, his childhood, what kind of adult is that going to be? What kind of confidence and self-esteem is he going to have to go change his life and build things and create things and his own path. Yeah. So I know I know we got to wrap up, but I wanted to bring one last question, Larry, one last question. Yeah. If a father and this happened and I know I deal with this in our coaching group, I'm sure you deal with this. A guy goes, "You know what? I'm I'm on the path. I'm going to become better." And their wife just isn't on board. I already know the answer, but your point of view, a guy comes on, you know, comes onto the dad, dad's edge and He's just like, he's, he's doing better. He's, 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 he believes it. He's, it's in his heart. It's his desire. He has the vision for it. Um, but his wife's just not there. What, what, what do you tell him? Yeah. So just clarifying the question, cause I want to make sure I, I answer it the best way possible. Yeah. So she's not on board with his growth or she's not on board with her own growth. Uh, let's say her own growth because he's changing. He's growing, right? Maybe he's getting up earlier. He's doing macros. He's working out. He's trying to serve. He's trying to, he's, he's not there yet. You know, he's, he's Larry 2004, not 2023. You know what I mean? So he's on the path. He has the desire, but is he's getting, he's getting that, um, friction from the, from his spouse. Cause she's not wanting to change the culture of the family, not wanting to change routine, not wanting to change food what how do you how do we navigate that that's a that's a really good question we've had guys in our community that have gotten very because they get really excited about the things that they're learning and they're evolving and they're growing and they're like my wife my wife doesn't want to grow and we're like that's okay yeah that you know and by the way if you also if you start coaching her she's really going to hate you okay (laughs) so we (laughs) <laughs> right. Even Gary John Bishop, who wrote the, who wrote the book, you know, on Un- unfuck yourself and all those other books. Like mm. I've had him on the podcast four times. Every time he writes a book, I have him out there and he was one of our speakers at the summit. He's like, and he's from Scotland. So he's got like this really cool Scottish accent. He's like, what I can tell you guys is don't coach your wives ever. <laughs> like yeah. don't ever do it. Yeah. You, you can either coach her or have sex with her, but you can't do both. Can't do both. So <laughs> you can't do both. But here's what we always tell guys is like, listen, if your life is improving mm-hmm. and you're, you're, you're enjoying life, you're evolving and things are getting better, keep doing it, but don't shove it in your wife's face. Right. Look, look what I'm doing and you're not, or like, Hey, you should be, don't should on, don't take a steaming pile of should on your wife either. You should be doing this too. Mm-hmm. That's going to cause friction. Simply stay in your lane, lead by example yep. and just allow that example to shine right and, and just and watch what happens in a way that and just watch what happens. right just watch that yeah. and be very humble about it mm-hmm. like so like for instance i've known jessica for 26 years i will never coach my wife right hey you should do this but what i will do is like hey like i'll do something with the kids where i'm displaying a lot of patience and the heat of a moment or whatever i'd be like hey what what did you think of that? She'd be like, wow, you were really calm. I was like, yeah, I learned this thing from this podcast guest, you know, and I, I was doing this, I was doing this, this is what my mentality was going through. And this is what allowed me to stay calm. It was really fascinating. And I, I was, I was really shocked at how well it worked. Right. And that's how I share it. Right. Versus like, this is what I was doing. You should do it too. Right. <laughs> so that doesn't really go over very well, but I would say, stay in your lane, continue to be the shining example. Right. And if you are going to share whatever it is you're learning, share it in a way that is very humble and like how excited you are about it, about your own experience with it without dumping it on her or even shaming her of why she's not doing it. I think yeah. that's really important. Yeah, that's, 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 that's the same exact, what we say is like, just, just show, don't tell, just keep showing up, keep telling, right. 
Anyways, I know you got to run. You got to go change some men's lives. Uh, Larry, where, where do you want people to find you? So it, super easy. Uh, the dad edge everywhere. Instagram, okay. the dad edge.com, uh, wherever you download podcast, the dad edge, not hard to find. Nope. And my name is not, it's pretty, I guess, unique. There's not many people under the age of 70 with the name Larry. So <laughs> if you Google my name, I'll come right up too. So, well, dude, I, I really, really appreciate it. Um, we'll be sharing a lot of these concepts and the thing, I know we weren't able to link up the schedule, uh, for the, for the, the group talk, but, um, but I'll definitely take all of what you said. We'll be sharing this podcast with them as well, man. And I cannot thank you enough guys. Go listen to the dad edge. I'm telling you right now, you will be, you will benefit greatly from it. He's got some crazy, crazy guests on his podcast as well as, um, he's done, uh, is the real ones out yet? Is, is all of your other podcasts that are out there? It's so funny you say that cause I, I just talked to Bernthal and he told me he knows you pretty well. So, um, he, my podcast has not been released yet on real ones. I think it's coming out later in May. Um, I, my podcast with Bernthal is coming out, I think the end of the end of May, but okay. yeah, a, a lot of the big ones are out. Um, Excellent. and then I was on a TV show as well with David Metzler. So that's coming yeah. out as well. Awesome. Awesome, man. Well, dude, I'm so stoked for your success. Thank you for what you're doing, man. And, uh, guys, you, you know that you need that somebody needs to listen to this. So screenshot this tag, Larry tag myself, share it on social media. We'll share it out there. Let's change some men's lives. You guys know the deal. Never quit. Never sooner. Always forward. We'll see you guys in the next episode.